Say what you want, this is true romance I know you wrote it, but I really know I'm sure Held my tickets since they landed at my door I've been a fan of you since 2004 Um, either way, we are back, Quentin, this evening, we are de-discouraged, um, how are you doing this, uh, this wonderful late night? Um, I watched the Marvels, and it was fun, that is about the extent of my day, I went to Coldstone too, went to Coldstone, and then also went to, went to see some kittens, that, uh, we might, we, okay. might, bring, we might bring one in here. Uh, yeah. so I guess I did more did more with my day than I uh, led on with, but no, cool day, cool day. Watch the Marvels. Uh, anyone that's that will tell you that that that's a bad movie is a liar. That is not a bad movie. Okay, perfectly fine, perfectly fun movie. Like it is completely fine. It's a it's a a, a superhero movie, a Marvel comics movie based around Miss Marvel. Right, she's the main character. Uh, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, yeah. and uh, Monica Rambo, who goes by like a bunch of different names in the comic books. Like she, like she'll be um, Spectrum, Binary, like just like a, she's gone by a bunch of different names in the comic books, and so sure. far she has not been given an official name in the MCU. But it's a movie centered around those three. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then uh, we talk about uh, the kittens. I'll send you the the picture, but I don't know if you've seen my my sister has sent me multiple pictures now of like kittens in a pile, three kittens, and they're like um, one is doing like I'm solidus, I'm liquid, and I'm solid snake, and it's just <laughs> it's very it's very uh, wholesome content. I hate the wholesome tag, right? Uh, anyways. But it's it's a very good uh, kittens being the the three the three clones of Big Boss from a uh, Metal Gear Solid. So I'll send you that, and you can tell everyone what kitten you have if you have Liquid or if you have Solid <laughs> or Solidus kitten. Either way, um, <clears throat> I guess it's been a minute. I did last week's episode with uh with Squill. Um, that was pretty good. I don't know if you checked out what we were talking about. Um, on last week's episode, I don't know if I remember what we were talking about on last week's episode, so we can move forward from that. Um, one important thing to talk about <laughs> the match of the year, Quentin. What did you think about uh, Gintaro versus Genichiro Arai? Because when I started seeing like match of the year hype people saying there's a, a an iron man match a 60 minute iron man match on the japanese indies that you have to you have to dm this guy to get the link blah blah blah, all that stuff i was just like this is just i i honestly absolutely do not trust this then i saw who it was with jintaro 
and Genichi Arai, who are two wrestlers who I've been a fan of. Um, Jintaro, like a freedom stalwart at this point, a 666 stalwart. Shout out to this podcast because every other fucking podcast does not talk about like that's kind of the part that gets upsetting to me where I'm just like you guys are excited about this shit and you're talking about wrestlers that we've been talking about for decades at this point you're talking about people who come from places that we've been telling you to watch for a long time and now you're like oh they did it now they really did it and they had the match of the year and I watched it and I don't think this is match of the year (laughs) I don't think this compares to really half of the shit that was on the uh, the TK Dan uh we are you know fighting detectives show but what did you think Quentin as uh, committing to an hour of watching this match what did you think about this match um so i didn't get to finish the whole match um but from the parts in which i did see um no it's it's good I enjoyed it. Like I said, like, you know, it's almost like coming up here and like giving your opinion on a movie without having like seen the ending. So like say whatever say I say with a grain of salt, I guess, but it was good. Like I just I don't I don't I don't know, man. Like it was really odd actually to see that this had crossed over in some way and got whatever little bit of attention. That has gotten so far, um, kind of baffled, kind of baffled by that. So, it I'm, yeah. I'm glad to see a match like this from the Japanese, like scuzzier side of the Indies, get talked about because I'm not sure like when's the last time like a Japanese indie match like this far in the like this far in the in the weeds got any sort of like coverage or like big press surrounding it like i'm thinking of shit like looking like 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 dice k versus buffalo from like right yeah you know what i mean like so i'm trying to think of like when's the last time i even remember something that was like this low level this scuzzy getting any sort of coverage and it's been a while so from that perspective i am happy to see uh, that it, see it make the rounds and people get encouraged to watch it and everything. Don't no, be perfectly honest. Like I, this was like from what I saw, it was all right. It was cool. Yeah, like, it was. I'm, 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 very like, fun. I'm like I wasn't like super, super duper enthused with it. And you know, I say that as someone that likes mat work, that likes pure wrestling stuff, that likes amateur stuff, that likes holds and submissions and grappling and enjoys all of that stuff. So that all that quote-unquote smart wrestling things like i enjoy all of that and Stella, just like it was, it was, it was it's cool it's all right it's all right you it's, know <laughs> yeah it was a particularly solid match they really did a great job of like executing this style of match for sure but my my like kind of biggest issues with it was just like really subtle like really you know just not committing fully to the bit, <laughs> basically. And then when I do compare it to like the TK Dan show, it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to, if you're not going to do this and go all the way and like really give me the full fledged and not even just like, you know, we talk about TK Dan, like battle arts style, 
which like battle arts is already like really bastardized when it comes to shoot style stuff like if you're not going to give me the full like you know pwfyg like you know like the real deep level fucking like shoot style stuff well okay like they came very close but they really missed the mark in a lot of ways where i was just like okay why are you like selling why are you overselling stuff why are you running the ropes at all why you know what i mean like why are you doing anything off the top rope like at that point i'm just like okay if you're not gonna if you're not gonna commit to being the most real shoot shoot style like this shit is real like legit then like i'm sorry but there's there's a whole tk dan show that i think is much better just to have like um you know maeda and the second or not what am i wait i was gonna say sakaguchi because i'm thinking about the hall of fame ballot which whatever um you got the the maeda maeda and uh ishikawa tag team match that we talked or that me and joseph talked about you've got the main event with the astronauts with abe and namura like if you're going to do if you're gonna like have some pro wrestling style mixed in there then like be entertaining and that's the that to me that's the hardest part of this match so it's just like okay the people who are like going crazy for this i'm just like how much of this kind of bullshit have you watched this year and it's probably none so it's like okay you're you're really into this this is basically the match that just shows me and makes me realize that like no one is paying attention to the shoot boy nerd shit that we are right like that's like what this exposes to me is like no one is paying attention to the rest of the shit and like i hate to say it because i just think like this this kind of match could would get over like this this kind of wrestling will would be over if it was happening more often and you know it's the whole oh shoot style doesn't work thing right you know that's like kind of my my biggest takeaway there because there's there's better mixes of shoot style hybrid you know what i mean and and pro style hybrid stuff happening than this and the people who are into this and are like losing their mind for this i'm just like okay you're not really getting pure shoot style even here you're still getting like a lot of pro wrestling brain trope stuff here that doesn't necessarily like you know do the the mma like shoot wrestling like purist thing so even that i'm just like okay well why are you guys losing your mind for this this is not pure shoot style wrestling you know uh, whatever anyways i don't know if you have any other thoughts on that quentin yeah i'm gonna say this would almost be like i guess like almost like the like maestro version of like a shoot adjacent or like sure yeah. match for like Japanese wrestling, because like you know, like again, like in lucha, like they, you know, they call it like maestro stuff, where you have like two two of the older guys got there and grapple or whatever. So like your Negro Navarros and Beerus's and shit like that. And like while of like say like a Beerus, I'm like all about a Beerus or something like that. I have never cared about like Negro Navarro, uh, or even like stuff like when they like throw Solar into the mix or stuff like that. Like it's just like not necessarily my thing. And that's kind of what I got from this match where I'm watching what they're doing and like, they're doing it well, but like nothing about like those two particularly like drew me in or captivated me in a way in which like, I felt compelled that like, I need to finish this. I need to make sure I get to the end of the 60 minutes. 
And yeah, again, like they're like they're great at the grappling because that's what they know. That's what they're good at, and like that's awesome. But a component of that shoot adjacent shoot style grappling based stuff like working is stuff like the facial expressions and like even like even like noises being made, body language, stuff like that. The like can take it over the top, a sense of urgency, whatever that like can make shoot style wrestling fun and captivating and just nothing about this in the time in which I did spend with the match particularly did that for me. So cool that it's crossing over and going to get talked about on podcasts and be a discourse topic a little bit and all that stuff. That's cool because when was the last time a, a Japanese indie match that was like this slow level got, got this. I mean, fuck maybe like, in COVID, in, in like the peak of COVID, with fucking like Gato move or something, I guess. I don't right. know. Yeah. Like, so probably some, probably around that time. So, from that perspective, it's cool that it's getting all the attention, but yeah, it's, it's whatever. It's fine. Sure. Sure. Um, on this same kind of conversation, in this same level, <laughs> I'll say it. I don't care. People can get mad. At the same level as this, you've got, um, Gresham versus uh, L. Lindemann. Did you happen to catch that match? I didn't. I didn't tease you or mention like or tell you to check this out. But did you? Have you heard about it? Have you seen it? This this match? No, I did not. And I actually had watched um, the Yuma Aoyagi versus Kasuhiko Nakajima match instead. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can talk yeah, about so that. I, yeah. So I yeah. saw. I had seen that. I did not see the Gresham and Lindemann match. The Gresham and Lindemann match is like, again, when I talk about like, you know, comparing it to, you know, the Jinchero versus uh, Arakin match, like, I, I don't know, like, again, like, that's my whole thing. It's like, if you're not going to really commit to doing like an MMA style thing, like, fucking get, give me some entertainment. And the, the Gresham and, and Lindemann match really nails that, like the way that they have the hybrid of stuff feeling legit while still being entertaining these i mean obviously these are two of my favorite wrestlers of all time like i absolutely adore both of these guys and the way that they just on top of everything else the way that they just look their their builds they're aggressive like i would definitely highly recommend this match um it could end up in my like it could end up in my top 10 matches of the year conversation just i mean for sure but um I guess talk about that triple crown title match, uh, Nakajima versus uh, oh god, what am I? Uh, I, ca I cannot believe you just said it, and I'm like losing yeah. it. Like, yeah, good. Um, Mayagi, right? Yeah, yeah. So, is this the best all Japan match of all time, according to like whatever fucking rating Dave Meltzer gave it? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, what did Dave go on like a fucking? Like five and a quarter or something. Yeah, he gave that five and a quarter, which is fucking shocking. Like absolutely appalling. Yeah, dude, like in yeah. the span of like a couple of weeks, Dave has now given Nakajima the best Noah match of all time, apparently, and the best All Japan match of all time, apparently. Uh, hey, I'm not gonna argue. Like when it, if you're if you're gonna praise Nakajima like that, I'm not gonna argue. No, yeah, like, like, this is just like a full fucking Nakajima best in the world double down. Like, oh, right. okay, fine. Like, okay, yeah. Like you got, like you got it, man. But 
I just found it really interesting that like, oh wow, just Nakajima just having the best matches ever in two companies that have a lot of the best matches ever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> that being said. You're talking about the people who set the fucking standard. When you're talking about Noah in all Japan, you're talking about the people who have legitimately set the standard for the, you know, the wrestling observer like star yeah. ratings since like three or four decades ago. Yeah. But you know, okay, fuck it. Whatever. You got it, man. Okay. But with that being said, I still really enjoyed this. I found it I found it really fun. Uh like really just beating the shit out of each other for, for, for a lot of it. Uh I think for me the most interesting thing about this and Nakajima being champ going forward is like the is the Northern Lights driver and kind of like how far they're gonna go with that as building it up building it up as like a death move in the company like because with how visually dominant that pin was that got that made that made him champ and he's just like sitting on Aoyagi after the after, after hitting the Northern Lights driver it's like a really dominant visual that's following the Northern Lights driver so is the Northern Lights driver going to be like a kill shot in the, uh, you know, now is it going to be like built up in like a known Katana capacity? Because that's what, that's a, that's a type of story they've done with like Kento Miyahara opponents in the past where like this move gets built up and built up or like at least Kento can't kick out of this move and then eventually just builds up to the first time he kicks out of it. Like they've done, they've done that with Zeus and shit like that. So right. is wow. that to be the direction in which they go with Nakajima? Well, obviously, there's a much deeper story that's going to be told between him and Kento uh, as as time goes on. But I'm just kind of curious as to see like how protected is that Northern Lights driver going to be. But other than that, like really, really fun match. Enjoyed every, enjoyed everything about it. Aoyagi had a had a had a solid reign as Triple Crown champ, and like did 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 well. I've liked him in this in in, in, the, in these main adventure capacities for the last uh for the last little bit now. So uh hopefully he's going to stick around there. He's I mean he's he's really all they got other than Kento. So right. He's going to he's going to be around, but he's like he's he's taken to the role well. Um is this the best Kasuhiko Nakajima match of all time? No. <laughs> uh, it's not the best Nakajima match this year. I mean I would yeah. put half of the Axios matches above this. Yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, like this isn't better than like the Kenta 2009 match. I don't think this is better. Oh. Like, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of shit that I don't think this is better than. But again, it's you know Nakajima, fresh coat of paint. Uh, you know, doing some interesting things like getting the game of Kento feud, leaving Noah, getting getting to do some cooler stuff. You know, it's, it's resonating with people. I get it. I get it. I love Nakajima, so I'm perfectly fine with that. But definitely not the best All Japan or Noah match ever. No. You know, more than likely not the best Kasuhiko Nakajima match ever. But still, like a, a, real, a really good time. I had a, I had a good time watching this. Yeah. I mean, the Nakajima and Ibushi tag match against the Briscoes is probably better than this, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's one of the, like, all time Briscoe matches and Briscoes are one of the, like the all time tag teams of the all of the history of everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's again, you're saying there's tons of 
tons of stuff that stands out. There's even just this year, all of the Nakajima Axios stuff, I think beats this out. It's it's fucking crazy. It does make it does make you wonder like what the what what is going on here? Um an interesting part of it, right, is obviously you're talking about the Northern Lights bomb, the Northern Lights driver there. Um that's a, a big important move right now when it comes to the world of Bushi Road. Right? You've got uh the the stardom uh grand cha- uh, not grand champion this the world of stardom champion in Julia, who uses the Northern Lights driver as her main move. You've got the uh, New Japan Strong champion in Eddie Kingston, who's been using the Northern Lights bomb as his move. Um, It does seem interesting that of all the things for Nakajima to win the Triple Crown with, uh, that he happens to use the Northern Lights bomb. Um, It's an awesome move. I'm I'm glad to see it kind of like, it's a great fucking move, like Yes. Like on a super random aside, like every time I would like play like a wrestling game and doing the move set, I would always be tempted, like, oh, Northern Lights, Northern Lights bomb. Um, <laughs> is it gonna be my finisher? Like it just always looked good. It looks great, whether it's like in a game, uh, in real life. The Northern Lights bomb just always looks really good. It's an incredibly sick move. Um, it's definitely, like I said, very interesting at the moment to uh have that be kind of a uh, just such a hot move and with the fact that we don't really know what's going on with Nakajima it is also on top of everything very interesting to to see him using that as the way that he wins the Triple Crown Championship um, so we'll see you know <laughs> there's a lot of conversation to talk about when it comes to what is a uh, What's coming next for Nakajima there? Um, did you happen to check out anything on this um, DDT show that just happened within the past couple hours? No, I didn't. I did not. Get, I, I didn't get a chance to. Um, I mean, if there was anything good on there, then feel free to inform me. But otherwise, we can just talk about Kanaka yeah. Takashita losing to Chris Jericho for some reason. <laughs> Yes, very interesting. Um, there is definitely plenty of stuff on the show that's worthwhile, but that is kind of the the biggest takeaway on the night, even on top of like a lot of really solid matches, even on top of uh, Saki Akai retiring. Like, you know, there's just a lot going on here. Um, but uh, but yeah, Jericho, <laughs> Jericho showing up in DDT to uh, to beat. Soup, the, the the fucking biggest star in the history of the company. There was very interesting. I guess I don't know, Quentin. What do you, what do you think about that? Like you know, it's it's kind of the whole Jericho derangement syndrome thing. What is what is Jericho? Why would Jericho need to come to Japan and beat Takashita here? Um, because he's Chris Jericho and he's a fucking egomaniac, and I'm tired of the idea of anyone trying to defend him and the idea like oh you're facing jericho so you're getting a rub and getting put over just has done nothing for anybody ever like like i don't know who's ever benefited from interacting with chris jericho ever and like unless you're directly involved in an act with him and even and even then i'm not even sure how, how how like how true that is like no one benefits from chris jericho at all by the end of a chris jericho program feud nothing like 
No one benefits from it. No one's benefit benefited from it ever. Like, especially in this AEW run where you can sit there and like go through all these different young people he's interacted with and done stuff with. And this who has he actually done anything for? It's not matter. It's not mattered or worked for anybody. No one's got anything from it. You know why Ricky Starks got hot? Hey guys, it's fucking. It was see, you know, being on Collision and working with CM Punk is what did it. Not the fucking Chris Jericho stuff. The Chris Jericho stuff didn't do it. So I'm I'm just tired of this Chris Jericho stuff that's been going on for four goddamn years at this point with AEW and this idea of getting a rub from Jericho or anything with Jericho doing anything beneficial for someone. I mean, did it do anything for anything for MJF? You could debate that, but MJF still gets to where he is without Jericho. He doesn't need to join the inner circle or feud with Jericho in order to do any of that stuff. MJF gets to where he is without Jericho. No one's benefited from it. Not even his own stablemates. No one's benefited from it. I wish that this shit could stop and that people stop catering to Chris Jericho because he does not fucking help anything other than himself. But this is what it is. This shit's stupid. It's fucking dumb. And I'm so annoyed with it. It's not even about this match in particular. Like it's dumb that Takashita lost to Chris Jericho. It's so dumb, especially in Japan. It's, it's really dumb. But just in general, this Jericho shit and like the contingent of people that defend his existence in place in wrestling just annoy the fuck out of me. Because yes, he does ratings, but can we stop pretending he helps? He helps people. Can we stop? This shit's a fucking myth. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. Stop lying. Yeah, it's. It's absolutely brutal <laughs> just to think like that that there's a you know the Chris Jericho derangement syndrome the idea like no man it's just true like you can look directly at the history of what comes you know from any program with Jericho there's nobody who even comes close to as you talked about like like getting anything out of it anyone who really gets like um elevated from a program with Jericho any of that stuff and then on top of it like this I mean I don't know you can argue whatever you want about this like the, this this program is just getting going you know it's just nothing there I mean this is over the fucking top like why did he need to beat Takashita in DDT like Takashita has been presented as like one of the most like just top level, undefeatable, you know, top king, everything in this company for however long. Why? How could you even begin to accept the idea that Jericho beats him here? And this is just—it's crazy. The match itself was like aggressively fine. It was like really like a Chris Jericho ass TV match. Like I saw some people actually say that this was good. I'm like fucking shocked and appalled. I just don't get it. I don't like, understand because really Chris. I, I don't the Chris Jericho people, like that still exists. I don't get it. I don't know what they're watching. I don't know what they're seeing. I don't even say that this guy is incapable of having a good match. Like, shit. No. Like the like the like the Eddie Kingston Chris Jericho match was really fucking good that time on the on the, on the pay per view. Like, it's not it's not as if he's like completely incapable of doing something worthwhile. But this is also the same guy that has had the worst fucking Brian Danielson match in the last like fifteen years, possibly. So, I don't know, man. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't get it with people. I don't know what they like about Chris Jericho other than the fact that he's Chris Jericho. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just so beyond confused by everything that involves him at <laughs> yeah. this point. I don't get it. Yeah. yeah it's uh it's definitely it's definitely I guess what it is at this point. Um all right, well, <laughs> you know, the rest of the show. Um there's definitely stuff that's worthwhile to watch on this show. I I do think that like the uh Kazuki Hirata and um Hiromu Takahashi feud is actually in the conversation for the best feuds uh, in Japan for 2023, but that uh, that really is not even necessarily speaking about the quality of their matches or their interactions, but it's more speaking about just like what's been going on in Japan this past year. Um, so yeah, like there's that. There's you know the main event with the uh, with the KOD Open Weight Title. I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the match. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to tease the finish or, you know, spoil anything because it's just, it is what it is, I guess is the best way to say it. It's, um, it's, it's fucking sad to have something like that be overshadowed by Chris Jericho. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess we can move on. Um, what do you, I, I, Okay. Um, in Japan, I guess timeline wise, the New Japan show ran first, right? It was, uh, yeah. So the New Japan show Power Struggle in, um, the Osaka, the finals of the, uh, the junior tag team show was like the that ran first um i guess coming out of it there's a lot of things that people were talking about right um i don't necessarily know that there's a lot of things that i agree with on what people had to talk about but but i guess quentin what did you think about um this new japan power struggle show in general and then i don't know i i assume you probably don't even know about kind of the conversations coming out of it uh, definitely don't know about the conversations. Um, show was cool. I mean, the stuff, the stuff, the stuff that I saw was all right. Um, like definitely, like obviously not like a super strong show at the top or anything or, or any or anything like that. Um, but I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought it was an enjoy. I thought it was an enjoyable show. I'm trying to like think off the top of my head of the th of the things I like without getting straight to the main event. Um, I. Did like the tag tag okay. league finals? I thought yeah. I thought I thought that was fun. Uh, six the, the six man tag titles were good were good too. Um, I we might disagree on this one. I didn't really care for Moxley and Ocon that much, and I was surprised yeah. that I didn't. But I saw all the I saw like the praise for it and everything, and uh, I guess Moxley and Ocon is two guys that I like, and. Just didn't really do a ton for me, uh. So I was, I was a little disappointed by that. So there's that. I mean, look, I, I'm gonna be honest. You can't get me to watch unless we are reviewing a whole show. 
like we just said, like, hey, we're going to cherry pick all this stuff, I guess. I think we're going to do like right. between shows, right? Like, unless I'm getting, we're going to like review a whole show. I'm not watching a Taiji Ishimori match 2023. I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing it. I can't be, I can't, I can't be asked to do this. Like, I just, it just, it's just not. Yes. Happen. We're on the but, same page when it comes to that, brother. Like, yeah, I, I definitely skipped that. Okay. Um, Honestly, I feel like well, most of that... go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say. Well, I mean, at this point, like we might as well just get into it. You know, oh, I was gonna it. say like me, like that, like yeah. because obviously we can talk about the main event, and yeah. obviously it's a big fucking Will Osprey New Japan main event or big Will or Will Osprey match. So it's gonna have a bunch of uh, attention and uh, <laughs> attention surrounding it and. This one, <laughs> I like it. Like I like the match. I actually sure. do like okay. this match. Uh, I definitely understand the people that don't like this match because it's a it is a forty minute return to this sort of fucking long format match with the last brand show Amino, who like has gotten better over the year, but maybe you don't necessarily want to see in a position like this. Um. So for me, I think this match, like a pretty much, honestly, all Osprey matches, like demonstrate his great qualities and his not so good ones. Because, well, okay, let me let me talk about Shota, Shota first. Shota, even though he isn't my favorite, and I feel like Yoda Suji is the best, most special guy of like the new three that they're building up. This type of stuff that we got like down the stretch in this match with Osprey for like the last like 20 or so minutes is like a, is the best I've ever seen Shota in like a underdog baby face. I want to see this guy win capacity. You know, Shota's cool. I enjoy him. He's a good wrestler, but I never felt that need. Like I want to see Shota win. And I finally got to that point watching this match here. So that's a great point for him to have gotten to something that hopefully like he builds on and we can build more connection and investment in his story. And as time goes on further for him, right. That's the positives for Showtime. I don't really have like a negative form other than the fact that it, like he probably shouldn't be forced to do a 40 minute match right now. Like you just shouldn't be asking to do that. Will Ospreay is so, so interesting to talk about to me because there's the, this overindulgent side that's the side he wants to go sit there and like have 40-minute matches with Ricky, Knight, with Ricky Knight Jr. and Robbie X and Shota Umino. And it's like, those guys shouldn't be having 40-minute matches. Why on earth would you want to have a 40-minute match with those guys? Why on earth is that something that you would allow them to do? And that entirely goes on Osprey because, you know, Osprey's the A-side here. Uh, Osprey's the big name. He can, you know, he has influence on all that, and he's deciding he wants to go forty minutes with these guys. But at the same time, while this is completely fucking over, like overindulgent, and just starts to feel redundant for a lot of people, the thing that I would say is, even if I don't necessarily like love all these matches, I'm also not sure who could necessarily like pull them off 
that much better than him, if that makes sense. Like, even like obviously Brian Danielson is the guy who can sit there and like have like a long, like a long match, longest longish match. And that's the ideal guy to have leading someone and leading a match of this length. But after that, I'm not sure. Because there's a bunch of really good wrestlers, but maybe not any that I necessarily want to be wrestling for that long. And there are guys that are still around and like still active, or maybe just won't, won't have never haven't been in that position for a long time. Like theoretically, Chris Hero, but Chris Hero hasn't wrestled in years, so I can't sit there and say Chris Hero should be in a like you know in a forty minute match. Chris Hero would do X Y Z because he hasn't done it in years. I don't know, like, but consistently, even if I get frustrated and annoyed by some of these things in these long Osprey matches, the stuff in which he's like really dominant and aggressive and just beating the shit out of guys he does that really really well that slowed down osprey control segment he does it well he's gotten good at it people don't talk about him enough in this way but osprey is one of the best bases of all time and that specific skill leads to like really good hope spots and really good comeback sequences because osprey is so good at like lending his body and basing to exciting offense. So that so that so that is like a really good quality for Osprey in general, but like lends itself to these longer epic style matches. And then again we get to like the overindulgence of the sequences and the kickouts and all this stuff that can be frustrating and redundant to a lot of different people, especially if you're not the biggest Osprey fan to begin with. So I like this match. I think that this match does fulfill and serve its purpose, which is to get Shota Umino over and to progress him and to get the fans more invested in him. And I think that that match does serve its purpose. Did it need to go 40 minutes? Of course not. There is no reason as to why Shota Umino should be wrestling a 40-minute match right now. Even as an underdog babyface, he just shouldn't be wrestling a 40-minute match. It didn't necessarily necessarily feel like 40 40 for me, 40 for me. It didn't necessarily drag for me either. But I'm not gonna say it flew by, but it didn't it didn't drag for me at all, which is a great point for it. Um so I like I like it. I enjoyed my time. I don't I don't regret watching it or or agreeing to watch the show, but I think these long Osprey matches kind of like just give me complicated feelings because in it, I see the qualities that make Osprey potentially like the best wrestler in the world. I see all those qualities. And then still though, you get all like the bad shit that goes along with as to why Osprey is one of the most frustrating guys in the world. Um, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I'm not, going to say that i completely disagree with you but i did like a series of like posts uh kind of based around my feelings coming out of this which really had to do with kind of what you're talking about here but but i think in a way that like just speaks to modern opinions of wrestling modern like kind of judging of wrestling matches which is to say like to give this match a pass, because like you said, it doesn't ever, 
it doesn't ever feel like it's dragging, which I don't necessarily completely agree with, but I definitely get it because the way this match is like presented, the way this match is uh, like structured, like the opening, you know, 10 to 15 minutes is just like incredibly boring to me, just like incredibly just kind of there. So it's like when you talk about like this match going 40 minutes and not feeling like it drags, it's like, Kind of part of it is that like they 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 front load the boring stuff, you know, and and so when you're like barely getting into it and you just start to notice that it's like like you know dragging or whatever, it's it's going long. Like that's when they start actually getting exciting and doing like spots and stuff. And I just to me, it's like okay, I I I definitely get why a lot of people watch that and forget you know about like what what they were presented for the beginning parts of the match by the end of it because it starts to get exciting at the end but i just think that this match really really suffered from like the way that it was structured where the opening is just slow and kind of pointless and it's just there um but when you talk about like the the expectation of what you're trying to achieve from the match. I do think they did a great job. I think the commentary did a really good job of putting it over. I think the, the presentation and the setting and everything did a really good job of, of telling the story, which is like Shota getting there and building and all that, like definitely, definitely was there and it, it, it executed that part of it really well. But to me, it's just, just so incredibly like bland and and just nothing to it for the beginning and then eventually you get into it and you settle into like the you know the exciting part of the match but even that there's like so little connective tissue there's just like really just spots for spots and we're just getting into it and like there's there's big selling and big bombs and that's it and i just it just doesn't grab me and and especially for it to go this long like i just it's like really this felt like the worst of the worst when it comes to that and that i'm not like a you know we've talked about it and i i was very very pro osprey for a long time but just i think that he's a very talented wrestler and i just think that at his core like he's very flawed and then now as he's like continuing to just get praised over and over again for this kind of match like he does not really put a lot of effort into delivering anything unique or special. Like he, it, it works. It, this works for him and people go crazy for it, but I just, I don't, I don't see it. This is not, this is not like wrestler of the year level stuff to me. Like it really isn't. And then, and, the, and this kind of thing, like being praised and added to the, the, you know, to the the case of why Osprey is so great, I'm just like, okay, well, like we disagree at like just the basic concept of how good his matches are. Like that's, I mean, that's the part that becomes difficult because a lot of people are continuing to just have these conversations as if like, well, Osprey is just far and above, you know, the wrestler of the year just because of this level of quality of output. And I'm just like, you you, you, I you, can't... you, you Western people in the wall, and well, Osprey's been the best wrestler in the world for the last five years, right? Exactly, like, and I like, just like, I you, can't. Like, those people, Will, Will Osprey, been like the best wrestler for the last five years, and like honestly, like based off of just straight output, there's not really much of an argument I can make 
against that other than kind of like getting into like the deeper connective tissue of his matches right but on a pure output level i don't really have an argument against osprey being that and i guess like my thing i would ask you and something i i'm I'm, I'm, i really am curious about is like like really like like i got like i named guys like ricky knight jr robbie x showed amino right in which Osprey's trying to go out there and have these long epic matches with them. Uh, Michael Oku, you know, like, you know, going out there and having like these long epic matches with them. And clearly, like, the main point is well, one, you shouldn't be working matches that long with those guys in the first place, which I'd agree with. But after that, my question would then be well, who would, look, how many wrestlers would do a better job at that type of match and what's being asked of them then will osprey like i like you know like i like like danielson's an obvious one right because he can do the exciting finishing stretch stuff but then danielson's really good at the connective tissue making the early stages and beginning stages of a match mean a lot so obviously brian danielson but if i'm sitting there asking you hey i need a wrestler to go up there and work for 40 minutes they're like between like 35 and 40 minutes with a fucking Michael Oku or a Shota Amino or a Robbie X or whatever, I'm not sure I think many wrestlers would be doing a better job than Will Ospreay in that specific given circumstance. Because I think what Will Ospreay does offer, like, is a skill is, is a skill set that like does help those matches in some ways. That's I mean, that is definitely fair. Um, when you present it that way, I think to me, the biggest issue would just be like that. That's, that's not something that's necessary. Yeah, for sure. You don't need someone to do that. I would also argue that like, I mean, we'll get into it (laughs) because there is, you know, the match that you already kind of, I wouldn't say slag off completely, but you kind of like, you know, cast aside that I would definitely say would be in my conversation for match of the year with with moxley and okan where i would say moxley he can do this to me and still be entertaining you know and still be like he can pull this kind of level of match out from people but i mean the tough part about it is that it's you know moxley is and whatever you know i said is it necessary like i would to to me my argument would be moxley's smarter because he doesn't let himself just do, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, Moxley's smarter because he just he doesn't go and do that for the sake of just yeah. doing. <laughs> right, and that's kind of the thing. But he's able to can he's able to still deliver a main event level match and not go forty minutes with someone who he shouldn't go forty minutes with. Right, like CM Punk. You know, he he beat him in two seconds because Punk doesn't deserve to go that long. Right, you know, <laughs> and obviously that's. That's just me being a fucker, but you, you get my point. Like, you know, like, so I, I understand what you're saying and I understand why it feels like it's on rails when it comes to someone like Osprey for a lot of people where it's like, this is the guy, this is the top because this is why he breaks the record. This is why the guy continues to get these huge star ratings and do all this stuff is because he is very good at this style that's like you know the melter like i hate to say it but it's the melter style right he's very good at doing the melter style thing and that's kind of 
become the 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 you know the the main understood great style of wrestling and, and it's almost not worth like again saying it's the Meltzer style because it's also the voices of wrestling style right it's it's just for most of the people who at this point talk about wrestling and even you know Meltzer and the voices of wrestling and all that like I feel like they don't even really talk about wrestling the same way that like we do the same way that PWO does the same way that like you know wrestling nerds have done it on DVD VR on Sagunda Kaeda, you know, on like on the message boards for decades at this point, where the people who are really like nerdy talking about wrestling, we're not necessarily we don't fall into this, but at this point now, like the the mainstream, you know, have to put huge caveats on the concept of the mainstream. Like the mainstream, what's great wrestling conversation has become Osprey. Like the Osprey style of wrestling is what most people talk about when they talk about great wrestling, you know, and that that's just kind of what it is. So I definitely get where you're coming from on that. When you talk about like his ability, there's no one who can do this better. Right. But again, that just falls into the parameters of accepting that this is what great wrestling is. The great wrestling has to be like this. And I just disagree with that, like at the core of it. So that's like kind of the the biggest issue that I have with like Osprey hands down, you know, wrestler of the year. Like I just don't I don't agree that like wrestling needs to be like this. And that's kind of where we like you know, that's where like the 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 disconnect is. Um which I will let you if you have anything else you want to say about that before we move on to to I mean the only other thing I want to talk about on this show is Moxley and Ocon. Um I'll say in that specific regards to like, you know, Osprey becoming the standard of like what a great wrestling match is or what a great wrestling match looks like. You know, I've, again, like I think this always happens eventually is like someone or something or promotion becomes like the standard of what wrestling should be. And like naturally, like I, I, like I reject that. You reject that, and we, we know that we all reject that, right? But something eventually, like someone or something, does eventually like cap- capture the imagination of the mainstream wrestling audience, and it's impossible to completely avoid. You just can't avoid it. You can't ignore it. It just is what it is, and this like influence and its reach is massive. So, especially when it's something that you aren't particularly enthused by it's very it's very very understandable to just be like eh and feel like lukewarm or annoyed or even like frustrated by all of that because you're also just not particularly like super into this as well so yeah i look i mean like you know i mean like I, i just don't give a shit at this point with like what anybody says or feels i'm not sure the last time i listened to a wrestling podcast like, I don't really know or tune in with all with with all that stuff. Like, I know that Will Ospreay is the most po- is like the most popular guy out of like you know out of like you know all this super work ready people that are out there and care about and care about those things. I know that Will Ospreay is still that guy, but otherwise, like, I don't really pay attention to or care that much about like what people are saying or what people are viewing as like the standard and um 
I think ultimately it still comes down to like it can be frustrating because you'll see you'll see people downplay certain things and like certain talking heads and figures downplay certain things and only praise the stuff that fits whatever their idea of what wrestling in 2023 should be. So that's frustrating, but I mean, ultimately we're, we're always going to find the wrestling that we enjoy that we like that resonates with us more stylistically than all of that. And that's the main thing to me, but like I get, I get why this shit gets frustrating because it is as on some level, like it's always going to be frustrating. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, like I said, I, I don't argue. I'm not like one of these like completely, I think Osprey's terrible type people. Um, I think that he's very, he's very good at what he does. Um, but I just don't think that like he runs away with the wrestler of the year conversation just because I think that when you talk about, and it's kind of like part of the argument for like the Hall of Fame thing, which I don't even want to get into because of just how annoyed I am that the ballot is actually interesting for me right now when I don't care about the Hall of Fame in general. Um, but it's a very interesting ballot this year that I would I would talk about if I could if I could muster giving a fuck about the concept of the Hall of Fame to even talk about the ballot. But it is like Osprey is incredibly talented at what he does, but I think a hard part about it is like accepting that like what he does, you know, is wrestling, which is I think where a lot of people are now. And a lot of people are like basically accepting and saying like well this is wrestling and i can't fight that i can't say that it's not true because it is kind of the top of of what people consider the pinnacle of it but it's also not like you know it's not the top of what draws the best it's not like what gets the most attention so it is like okay what's the conversation here like what are we really saying is the best um either way should move on because I was trying to get you to, to give your final rebuttal and then move on to uh, Moxley and Ocon, but you know, I oh, guess yeah, I just might as well do it. Yeah, yeah, go, um, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, to me, this is like this could be in my conversation for match of the year, honestly. I think that these two are phenomenal together. Um, they have insane chemistry. I thought that this was delivered well. I really. I think that the way that they like set it up from the pre-match, you know, brawl around the ring, the promo setting up the match itself, and then the way the match like went from there into just being like balls to the walls crazy, trading like jujitsu holds on the on the floor in the fucking crowd. Like this is just everything that I want from a wrestling match. And you look at it and it's under 20 minutes from bell to bell, you know, from entrance to finish with all the other hoopla involved. Like, I I just, to me, this is what I'm looking for in wrestling. This is everything I want. Like I said, like the stupid, the goofiness of the storytelling leading up, but like making it hateful and brawling, the, the promo, the getting everyone involved. And then I absolutely love just doing, again, like trading fucking submission wrestling on the floor in the crowd that was like that centered over the top but cutting the hair which i really love how we've talked about this before but like just how 
fucking checked out or how much like wrestling media doesn't get things people were like losing their mind about like oh he he just cut the ponytail off the rat tail off of okan and and like they didn't make a big deal out of it like no one no one most of the wrestling like media watching this don't understand how hair extensions work so they like think that like somehow okan's big ass long ponytail that he's had for years that he that just showed up randomly even though his hair was short like somehow that's his real hair so he should be upset that his he grew his hair out that long and i'm like he just has a fucking braided in extension like that he's had the entire time so it doesn't matter that you cut it off as long as you can just braid in a new extension like but i, I just i really really enjoyed that but like cutting the hair which is like a big deal. Oh my god, he cut his big long fucking rat tail. Like, oh no, the, you know, the crowd goes crazy for it and people are into it. And maybe it's a positive that wrestling media doesn't understand how fucking extensions work. So they think that like his hair actually got cut and he's oh no, he should he's going to be really mad. They should have built up for that. I think like, no, like it's just an extension and he'll be back at the next show with the same extension. Like this is doesn't affect his actual hair, but whatever. Um but yeah, I just I absolutely loved it. They just yeah, but I don't know, Quentin, you said like it was whatever. This was not a big deal to you. I, I thought this match was great. Yeah, no, I've, I've liked um, Moxie and Ocon together in the past. So uh, I was a little surprised to not be like super enthused with it. it, it, it was, I just thought it was fun. Like in not like, uh, oh, my God, I'm having such a great time watching this. But again, just it, it, it was it was fun for me. So maybe I'll give it a rewatch or something. But. Yeah, I, I I liked it. Just didn't leave me like super overwhelmed with like positivity and gushing things to say. Which again, like I've liked these guys all together in the past, so I was maybe a little a little disappointed or had like some different expectations. I don't know. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about on New Japan here? Are you good to move on to uh, Dragon Gate? Uh. I think we're good to move on to Dragon Gate, and since we're okay. doing the cherry pick thing, like realistically, it's like I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much you have to say about Dragon Gate. I know that like I did watch the whole show, uh, just because I like watching Dragon Gate whole shows. Like nothing about this particular show was special or anything, but I just like watching Dragon Gate whole shows whenever I whenever I can. Um, so I did. I did like Ishin versus uh, Ryoya Tanaka. Did you like Ryoya Tanaka here? Or how, like, how'd you feel about him? I I mean, Tanaka here was kind of, you know, serving a, a certain role, a certain purpose. I, I won't say that he, you know, didn't stand out or wasn't very good at what he was doing, but it's a quick match. And this was kind of a vehicle and more of a bigger storyline for Ishin. Yeah, you know, to be beating up a young boy who's like not even his first match, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, that said, yeah, like Tanaka looked really good here, but I don't know if I would like make a big deal out of this. I, I'll keep an eye on it and see, but it's like it's a Dragon Gate young boy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. watch his progression either way. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was like, obviously Ishin is like the main attraction here. I was like, oh okay, like I like to I like Tanaka here going almost ten minutes for Ishin. I thought that that was pretty fun. Um. How'd you feel about the Twin Gate match? Uh, I I really did enjoy the Twin Gate match. Um, 
obviously I love, you know, I love decourage. Um, I think that unfortunately this match really kind of exposed a negative to me for Yoshioka that when, when Yoshioka had the Dreamgate title reign, I did not necessarily see it, but looking at it in the rear view, now I do kind of see it, which is unfortunate. This is a really bad comparison because we've talked about it, but like Yoshioka kind of being a lot like Sonata in the sense that like he's presented as like this, some kind of like golden, you know, has a magic horseshoe up his ass. Somehow he can do everyone's thing better than them against them. Um, And I just, I kind of realized it in this match specifically, especially when like he's going up against Kanda and he's going up against uh, Susumu and he's like, He's really like doing a lot of their moves and their spots against them. And I just like kind of started to realize that. Where I'm just like, I don't like I said, this is like the Sonata thing. This is the thing that I really fucking hate, where it's the guy who like somehow he's like, everything you can do, I can do better. And it's like presented not like as a heel, but as like a like someone you should get behind. But that said, like I said, the match itself, I thought they did really really well. But like when you've got you know, Susumu, you know, throwing the jumbo, and you've got um, uh, Hoshika, ah, ah, Yuki doing the, the battle hook, like, kind of the trading that back and forth, and then the magic candy spot, and like, yeah, just a lot of that where I'm just like, Yuki kind of being like, somehow being like this magic, you know, oh my god, he can pull everything off better than the masters of the spots thing is kind of like, I just, I don't necessarily love it. You know, I don't like, I've always said, I don't really like a baby face who's presented this way, like the standing tall baby face. And maybe he can, you know, transition to a heel that will work really well with that style. But that said, I do, I did really like the match. um, And I did really like the finish. I liked that this finish paired with the main event to, to end up with D courage, having all of the titles I thought was a really good, you know, kind of finish. Uh, for the show and moving forward there. Um, and I think that the crowd shows that they continue to be really behind decourage, which I think is a positive and seeing the company double down on the idea of decourage, I think was a plus, but, uh, but yeah, that was kind of my takeaway on the match. I thought that the twin gate match was, uh, was, was good, was good too. I really, en- I really enjoyed it. And I liked, uh, I understand your Yuki Yoshioka point. It's just not fun to hear, but I do understand uh, your your big your bigger point there uh, with with Yuki. Um, I'm not. I'm trying to think. I'm like, when's the last time I saw uh, Kanda in a match this good? But I can't, I can't like think about it, think of, think about it off the top of my head. Sure. Yeah. That. Um. Okay, well, where do you come on, come down on the side of like this M3K team of uh, Susumu and Kanda being in the conversation of Tag Team of the Year? Because I personally think it's like a ludicrous idea. But what do you think? Do you think that this team, now that they just dropped the Twin Gate titles, like, do you think that they're even in worthy of being in the conversation for Tag Team of the Year? Um. Probably not. Yeah, like okay. probably, probably not. Uh, at least, yeah, at least, at least not for me. Uh, 
if I'm like, I'm, I like think like thinking back on their reign, just yeah, just like nah, just didn't really do a lot for me. Like right. they, you know, they got booked a lot over the summer, obviously, and over over the year, like build them up to eventually challenging for the tag team titles, but no, just they were not, it just not I'm not I'm not high, nearly high on them enough to uh to feel to feel to feel that way. Now I'm not said no. Like I'm again, I'm not sure how many like the tag team that they have in contention because obviously like, the astronauts are always there and it's like hard to top them. So I'm not sure who else is even like in the running. But off the top of my head, I wouldn't really consider them very highly. No. I mean, to me, it's like, you know, work horsemen, bounces forever, astronauts. Like, there's a lot there. I just, there was even, like, you know, relatively recently, there was conversation on, uh, on from Dave Meltzer on his podcast when he's like talking about FTRs, like viability as a tag team in the year. And it just feels out of the question to me when you, you're, when you talk about tag team of the year and you don't even mention like work horsemen, I just, I, I really, it's really difficult for me to take, kind of the whole thing seriously you know it's just yeah either way or, or violence is forever like when you're talking about the real tag teams of the year you know um but uh either way i don't know is there did you want to, i guess the main event i think i yeah. would love to hear your take on this um i really like this match like i really i really enjoyed it and i feel like this was a match that like the dreamgate title desperately needed um even though i've liked stuff from 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 yuki uh from shun and all that stuff over like you know like over over the last over the last year or so it's still you know like it, it, it needed a match like this i felt like did like hit a bit of the next gear like i'm not saying there's like match of the year level or, any, or anything but I do feel like this is the best Dreamgate match in a while, and I think that the belt desperately needs that, and it makes it makes makes me more encouraged about Madoka Kakuda going going forward because the Yuki match and the Kota Minora match were fine and just didn't do a ton for me. Um, so hopefully, like this is a better step in another in another direction. Uh, it just one always sucks to see Big R get to these spots again and work his way up from a fucking terrible comedy gimmick and work and like work his way back into title contention and lose again and like the constant cycle of Big R being awesome and just never winning the title. But he's great. He's awesome. He's always a really good guy to throw into a Dream Gate to throw into a Dream Gate challenge because you're gonna get a really good match out of him. So. I enjoyed this. I thought this was fun. And hopefully this is... It, it encourages me a little bit for for Kakuda going forward. But my, I guess my main takeaway was Big R is always really awesome whenever he gets to do this. Yeah. Yeah, that is the that is the big takeaway. And this is, to me, this is the... This is the two major, however many years it's been, like, uh, closest, like... um you know inheritors of the 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 shingo spot these are the this is basically like again the the closest thing that dragon gate has now to like a shingo replacement is both of these guys going up against each other and really really giving what you would want to see from like 
yeah, the children of Shingo fighting each other, right? Like the perfect. And they really did deliver that. And you're talking about one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of wrestling, you know, like, I mean, we, on this show, on this show, we believe, well, you know, one thing, which is that Brian Danielson is the greatest of all time. Right. But I think it's really hard for both of us not to argue that Shingo is right there in that conversation as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, so, yeah, so to see basically, yeah, the, 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 the two children of Shingo deliver at a high level here is like kind of perfect. Um, and I do, I definitely get where like people, friends of mine, people I talk to online who are like, I, I don't understand where you go from here. It really felt like a natural thing where like, you know, big art, you know, big boss Shimizu had to win here. Um, but like, to me, I think when you talk about the, 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 the Dreamgate title needed something like this, I think that a big part of that too is that the the Dreamcake did not just need a match at this at this level, but it also needed like a a champion to retain in this context. So like as much as I do like the idea of of Shimizu winning here, and I think it would have been great for the story, and it would have been nice to finally have Shimizu like um, you know to finally achieve the goal and not just be the challenger as you talk about, but like. Weirdly, I do think that you needed Kakuta to win here to just solidify the championship and to and to solidify the champion. Like this needs to continue to build the storyline and to build not to build the story, but to continue to, you know, to establish the championship at this level. You needed the champion to win a match like this. You didn't just need the title to be in a match like this, but you needed the champion himself who comes in and wins this. So absolutely adored it i thought that it was it was hard hitting at the right times it was it had some technical stuff at the right time it was just the perfect hybrid of everything really like it was aggressive it was violent it was fast paced it was technical it had everything i wanted out of this um to really deliver and the post match promo feels like like this you know kaleidoscope where pe different people the way that they look at it are, are positive or negative on it it's like Kakuta, from what I hear from, you know, translations from Japanese fluent speakers, like Kakuta was there and it was like very charismatic and he's earnest where he's talking about, I'm, you know, I'm working really hard. There's not a lot of people here, but I'm going to continue to, you know, build it and we're going to be here, you know, next year, next month, whatever. And we're going to be, there's going to be more of us and I'm going to be the one who makes sure that more people show up. Which I really enjoy, and that's part of why I say, you know, he needs to win. He needs to win the title. And he needs to keep the title because I do think that Kakuda can be kind of the face of the next generation of this company, and the and the guy who really gets people invested in this company again. Because you know, as I talked about, the way that it's translated to me from native Japanese speakers is like the earnestness and the way that he delivers things is people can get behind it. And they can believe in this person who's, you know, not he's not an over the top star. And that's what you need for a challenger brand like this. You don't need a champion who's an over, who who acts like he's an over the top celebrity superstar who's, you know, in the stratosphere. No, you need a guy like this who's he's he's like you. He's one of you, but he's in some ways he's greater, you know, in this weird particular way. He's a, the champion because of how hard he fights. And he deserves to not just get your attention, but he's going to earn your attention every time out by having heart-fought battles like this. 
and he's not i'm not a big time celebrity superstar no i'm i'm just like you but i'm a hard worker and i'm going to be prove my greatness by working super hard and that's kind of i think the takeaway here is that dragon gate is once again that young upstart company that they don't have the top big time stars who you see on tv no what they have is a really great wrestler who's going to work really hard to get you and hopefully you can tell your friends and your family to come check it out and they can continue to pay attention and that's why this match was perfect to deliver that kind of thing because it's a really good hard-fought battle match that he comes out on top and at the end of it he's not saying oh i'm so great oh i'm the best oh i'm you know a big time superstar no he's saying like that was really fucking hard i had to work my way through this and you know hopefully coming out of this next month i'll work even harder and there'll be more of you and then the next month i'll work even harder and there'll be more people and i'll just keep working harder and there'll be more and more people and i really i really do appreciate that and i really do think that like it's it's the way that they need to go for this company but yeah that's kind of that's kind of my takeaway on just how much i enjoy this match but also how i really really enjoy kakuda as kind of the face of this new era and this new you know building season for dragon gate yeah, like I've we we've liked Kakuda for a few years now, so I'm all for him figuring it out and being able to like be the guy that they like fully get behind and can be that ace-ish type figure. Is that necessarily like something that goes along with like Dragon Gate's history and track record when you have you know Shun and Yuki and Kota Minora all there? Like maybe not, but he absolutely has like at least at least with this match shown like the potential in a big main event spot that he can deliver and that given the right given opportunity and if things click like he can he can figure it out so hopefully like he gets some more time and he gets some more matches and like bigger accolades and uh more notable stuff under his belt but i do like akuda a lot and especially you know in the wake of like stuff like sp kento leaving like it's you know you you need you need akuda to work out yeah definitely Definitely feels like, uh, yeah, he's he's poised to be that, yeah, that 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 steadying, you know, rudder moving forward. But uh, I guess Quentin, is there anything else you want to talk about on D- on this Dragon Gate show or in general before we, I guess, close it out? Uh, no, I am good. I think I think I'm good on everything. Uh, might go play some catch up and like. Watched the Gresham and Alex Shelley match that aired a few night aired a few days ago on Impact or something, you know, just to like nice. do some catch up or whatever. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, Perfect. yeah. So if ready to close it out, you can go ahead and uh, because I always forget the name of the podcast. No, it's like Heat Death of the Universe, but I don't. Yes, that's it. Yeah, but but I, but I don't know. But I don't know like the pod like the podcast account name. I think that's it. Heat death, heat death pod, heat death of the universe. You'll find it online. Is, is it heat definitely death check that out. Yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. So let's go with. You can follow me at QT underscore Moody. You can follow Tim at ROH Dutch. ROH Dutch. Yeah. This is ROH Dutch. I almost said Bone Dog's wife again. It is ROH yes. Dutch. You can follow Tim's other podcast at Heat Death Pod. You can follow the uh, podcast number. You're currently listening to this. Listening to this on. The, at WDKWPN, they were feeling so kind. Donate to us on coffee, and I don't know, like fund 
fund my 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 buying of another kitten in the next month. I guess I don't know. Hell yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think I think that works. You can help me buy another kitten. Otherwise, we're good here. Thank you all for listening, and hope you're next time. Bitch, you thirsty? Please grab Sprite. My crib's lurking. Don't die tonight. I just wanna dance with you, baby. Just don't move too fast. I'm too crazy, man. Down, down the avenue, get shaded. Take a nigga mind off that. We can dip, fuck in the whip, slide right back in the function. One wrong word, start busting. Put that on my Yankee hat. I'm a gangster crib. Fuck gangster rap. Where the ladies at? Where the hoes? Where the bitches? Every real nigga know the difference. Man. Dan Brown like a dope daddy shooting in the kitchen room Northside nigga never went to pilot What's nigga Brio? Cocaine color of a Creole T-scrap moving for the D-Low we know I ain't never ran from nothing but the police I ain't never ran from nothing but the police I ain't never ran from nothing but the police From the city where the skinny kept strong heat Northside Long Beach Northside Long Beach Hit the counter, make a dollar flip it Split the dollars with my mama children Folks need Porsches, hoes need abortions I just need your light of my business Never no problem playing No bitches, never no problem Spraying no witnesses No face, no case, been with the shit Hopped out broad day, didn't empty clips Cut class cause it wasn't about cash School wasn't no fun, couldn't bring my gun No chains gon' come like Obama Say, but they shootin' every day around my mom and them way So we put an AK with Keanu and them stay And that's for any nigga say he got a problem with me How I'm crippin' while I'm livin', come and follow me Pistol poppin' Poppy Street I ain't never ran from nothing but the police I ain't never ran from nothing but the police I ain't never ran from nothing but the police from the city where the skinny kept strong heat Northside Long Beach Northside Long Beach Nate York still here cause the niggas like me Police still scared cause the niggas like me In the hood like a dollar sweet tea Or a Louis Burger, you ain't with the business nigga Who you murder, you ain't heard of coach Ain't best stack, smoking out the city Riding around with the same shotgun and shot Ricky Little nigga shoulda zigzagged Didn't got your back wet, now he running Northside Niggas better fact check from with the gun chalk I ain't heard a clap yet, all my niggas first street They ain't nigga best yet, set for little halftime bro he banged five blocks, so I hit you on me five times Better grab y'all, did it Got away with it, out the Civic We crippin', Long Beach City, pay a visit Park Ramon, the pop black, the cone And give a hell till it's frozen No, I ain't never ran from nothing I ain't never ran from nothing but the police I ain't never ran from nothing but the police I ain't never ran from nothing but the police from the city where the skinny kept strong heat, Northside Long Beach. Northside Long Beach?